0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. This is the Curious Anarchy Podcast, and today we're back with another episode of Brunch with Naomi Osaka. B-W-N-O. Just to start off as well, I just wanted to say that this particular series began um, amidst uh, the celebration of Naomi Osaka um, last year during the, the... the tennis season Um, and of course things have changed um, for her during that time Um, she's had a lot of ups and downs and I just wanted to kind of just acknowledge Naomi Osaka specifically um, today whilst we're recording um, and just say that we are supporting you if you are hearing this please somebody if you know Naomi Osaka please send this to her um but i'd like to welcome my co-host mark how are good you good
1: afternoon how are you
0: i'm very well thank you very well um yeah i've just been celebrating some of the chinese new year i'm uh, listening back to a room on clubhouse and um yeah just really feeling quite grateful um so yeah i'm grateful for your presence mark thank you for well, being here
1: you know that i'm always um awestruck to be with such a great host um and I wouldn't have it any other way. and And I wanted to perhaps parallel a little bit um, what you said about Naomi with your journey as well, in as much as I think if we lived in a world that had slightly more tenderness, and slightly more concern about the spiritual and mental well-being of people, both you and Naomi would be seen as role models and heroes for the world. and and, and i look around me and i see the people that we look at instead as very shallow and very linear type of people Mm. so um i wanted to point out that naomi has struggled to balance the game that she loves with the sort of mental health balance that she hopes to have for herself as a young woman as a very very young woman the kind of young woman that a lot of people out there probably have children of the same age so I think, you know, amazing tributes to her for carrying on, for, you know, trying to balance those two things in her life and not being overawed by the task rather than her actual living her life. I think that's really important. So I think you're right to point that out. and, and, And for her and for you, it carries on, if you know what I mean.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's the rally call of today. Um, and speaking of the rally call as well, <laughs> we're actually doing this, recording this episode during Black History Month in the US. Um, our guest today is somebody who I've come to met, meet through Clubhouse. Um, I've been in several of her rooms. And she is a, a trainer on uh, moving into the metaverse. Um, and she looks at, she's basically a consultant. She's who com- companies go to to in order to convert or to access, learn how to access the space. So she'll have some really, really interesting insights. And of course, she's Black. She's very much um, on key with the Black History Month in the US. She's celebrating Black history um, and highlighting that, of course. So. We'll get quite a rounded view um, from Nicole today. Um, I, I am just <laughs> in the, uh, the Twitter DMs with her now. Uh, just now can <laughs> I just ask a quick question? Yeah.
1: For those people out there that don't know, what, what are we defining as the metaverse?
0: this is what we're going to find out. Okay, so we we'll will be able to have that conversation with <laughs> okay.
1: her.
0: Um, and she will explain it from her years of experience. Okay, so you will tap into loads of areas that yeah. I wouldn't... I'm just
1: thinking really that there are probably listeners who don't know what it means, and I just thought we would um, we do well to give them some sort of sense of what we're talking about.
0: Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, I'm pretty sure that... You've heard of the Metaverse, haven't you? Yeah,
1: yeah, but I just think... It, it means different things to different people at sometimes you know like uh, it's a bit of a one every now and again there's phrases that people use and they're a catch-all that people use them in different scenarios and i'm not sure everyone using them fully understands what what they really relate to
0: i see what you mean yeah yeah because yeah it's it, it's actually quite interesting um because there's um is it a jewish uh prophet or a god or something called meta
1: we did look at this before once, didn't we? Yeah. I seem to remember we looked at it I'm not sure, so, I don't want to answer because I'm not certain. I don't like yeah. to input um, if and I don't I'm know sure there's, what, yeah, what I'm so talking there,
0: about. Yeah, so there was some sort of um, uh, symbolic, um, if you like, connections made between meta and, like, the way that this whole universe is going to expand and the direction that we're moving in with regards to, like, technology and the developments and stuff. So. Um mm. yeah, there's loads of theories and loads of ideas, but ultimately today we're here to find out pretty much what the metaverse is and the potential of what it what it can do, how we can access it, and how various groups of people can access it. Um, so welcome Nicole Maxwell.
1: Hello.
0: <laughs> Hello. <laughs> you might need to come a little closer to the mic um nicole is podcast adverse um i believe this is the first podcast you've ever done
2: no uh
0: oh it's, oh, not. it's not oh i don't it's feel special now mine, please. i am podcast
2: adverse now. uh <laughs> hi how how are you uh, how's everything going
0: we're doing great we're doing great thank you for joining us um this is the curious anarchy podcast um, this particular series is the brunch with Naomi Naomi Osaka um, series where we we basically celebrate Naomi Osaka's journey along the way as well as having guests come on and give uh, their their opinions, their views, their their perspectives on uh, various topics, but more so specifically, focused on one particular thing. So we wanted to look at the metaverse with you and what all of that envelopes into, as well as the themes from Black History Month today, which I know that you're celebrating. Um So welcome.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you. <laughs>
0: this is Mark. Mark is uh, my podcast co-host. We formed this podcast together last year. And uh, we've been going for just over a year. We had our anniversary of the first episode on the 19th of January. Um, we also celebrated the awards on the 1st of January. You were actually attending. You were in the audience. I remember you. Thank yeah, you for coming and attending that um, on Clubhouse. That was amazing. Um, so kind of to start off with, how how has this year been for you?
2: this year 2022 man it's february (laughs) it seems like it's been six months already (laughs) i know i know i
0: know it's only been what five weeks six weeks but let's you know uh
2: you know it's been good um this is a year of um kind of just getting stuff done like that's our thing for this year uh, with our group Blackburst and um, just making sure, you know, that that people are informed, people are are kind of um, knowledgeable about what this space is, or at least where to access information and have a resource to do so. So uh, we are, this year has been um, busy. <laughs> uh, lots <laughs> of good. stuff to do. Um, It has not uh, stopped and it's going to keep going because we have a lot more on the radar and uh, the agenda, especially this month. Um, So much going on. But yeah, you know, every day I say this, I say this a lot, but every day in uh, this space, the decentralized space, it seems like um, passes uh, and, and more things happen than what happens in the traditional space. So there's a lot more to keep up with. And um, yeah, if you're not careful, it can be one of those things that leads to FOMO, but in this space you're actually missing out because you're not there. (laughs) And Mm. congratulations on your year for sure. I was there and that was great.
0: Thank you, thank you. Um,
2: Nicole, can I ask you?
0: Hold on, hold on hold on hold on, hold on. Hold, hold fire, hold fire. So this year, since the start of this year, have you noticed an uptick with interest in the
1: metaverse?
0: We're not going to go all the way down this line just yet, but I just wanted to just sort of give some context.
2: Not interest. I have noticed an uptick in the overnight experts. So all of a sudden, you know, okay. people go to one course and now they're hosting 800 people rooms on Clubhouse. They have three or 400 people under their voices <laughs> and they're telling them all these things. And it's like it's regurgitation of information that, you know, yeah. we've been providing. And um, it's it's interesting because, you know, uh, people just kind of go with whoever resonates with them. So a lot of these folks already have audiences, but um <laughs> They are not in the metaverse. Have never stepped in the metaverse. Uh, even some of the ones in the metaverse are claimed to be in the metaverse. Have never gone in there and don't really go in there too often. Uh, so it's it's a it's a mesh of, of a lot of people who are trying to make this space good and a lot of people who are just using the space for other intentions. Mm. Okay, Mark. Yeah, I wanted to
1: know um i'm curious because to me this is a brave new world and i'm i'm not very familiar with it so i wanted to know how nicole first got into it like what what led her into this journey <laughs>
2: well uh, back in the day no um <laughs> I, <laughs> you know i think that it's helpful i'm not sure what your audience knows but i always like to make sure people are on the same footing so first of all i want to say that i am the ceo of black multiverse enterprises And um, as a part of that, we have the group Blackverse on Clubhouse. And we are dedicated to ensuring the education, training, and advancement of Black people in the decentralized metaverse and multiverse. And so when you ask me, you know, how did this begin? um, For me, the metaverse, it's it's important to understand what that is. And uh, for me, the metaverse is kind of the culmination of everything that I have, have ever um, enjoyed, and so it's technology, okay. it's gaming, and it is uh, community and people. And um, now it is decentralization because I am I am very dedicated to ensuring uh, that people understand what decentralization is and that that's an option for them. Mm-hmm. Um, if we could come back to that, I just you've taken me somewhere just to begin with. Now I'm a little bit
1: confused. And okay. I'm sure that a lot of people listening in will be confused. Oh.
0: Um, um, you, excuse me. Most of our audience is my age. I understand. Uh, I disagree
1: mean, with so. that. I think most of the audience is also my age as well. So I'm <laughs> going to disagree with that.
0: So, <laughs> I for all ages. So, so what's your...
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: And <laughs> okay, also... I can give you the stats and also, things, But yeah. But,
1: but I think around the world as well, I'm not sure everybody has the same access to the knowledge yeah. around what you're talking about. But... So you use the term like metaverse, and then you say gaming, and I keep seeing these two terms written together. It, are they like um, automatically coupled, or I mean, what's the connection? What's the relationship between gaming and the metaverse?
2: No, so that's a good question, right? Um, you know. The reason I use gaming is because what I said was it's the culmination of all the things that I've enjoyed. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so when you think about the metaverse um, and you think about the gaming that I've done, or when I think about the gaming that I've done, uh, historically that's been MMORPGs, uh, so massive, multiple online role-playing games. Uh, and in those instances, we've been in the metaverse for a very long time. Right, um, right, so right. we have had these groups of people who have come together. Uh, we've been meeting people that we don't know from around the world for forever. Um, we have uh, jumped through portals and experienced <laughs> uh, kind of uh, caring for digital avatars um and and dressing them up and and going to different events like we've been doing that for over 10 years like that's been a thing you know and so we've used applications like discord to communicate and to to dispense information and now this space this decentralized space is also doing that and so that's why i say you know it's the culmination it's like everything is just coming together like it was meant for me to go through all those phases of life where i'm enjoying these different things Um, so that I could be here right now and present helping people to understand the space. So for sure, you know, that's a legit question and yeah, you know, um, people do mesh the two sometimes, uh, it doesn't have to be that way. I think that, um. I'm a big movie fan, also. So sci-fi movies are definitely my thing. Okay. Okay. Uh, but um, if you look at some movies like Minority Report, that's an example uh-huh. of uh-huh. when technology and um, and uh, regular reality meet, and can can become this space that we now consider a metaverse of sorts. So I think that there's a lot of um, of overlap with what gaming. It was certain types of gaming is, and what the metaverse will potentially be, um, or metaverses will potentially be as people create them. Did it look different when
1: you started to to where it is now, sort of thing?
2: Honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah gaming looks better right so ah. so gaming uh has evolved and we have rich graphics and we have these generous uh, experiences and I'm a PC gamer so I don't do console gaming as much um so you might want to break that down you're a what sorry PC um uh, uh, a uh, computer, computer gamer yeah, like so, a, okay. a or,
0: yeah. That. <laughs> oh, so
1: yeah. there are different. There are different sort of shapes and and teams.
0: That's of a completely of different experience of gaming. Doing oh, it a game.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: sort of gaming. I like an actual gaming console, like a, a what do you call it? What do you call yeah, it? Thing cool. yep. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Controllers and you're standing in front of like a TV. Like that's one for right. gaming. But then you also have uh, people who join on their computers or laptops. I have a gaming laptop. Ah. Um, and then there's also people who are uh, experiencing the same types of things, similar things on mobile devices. Okay. So, uh, they exist across all these uh, different places, just like the Metaverse will. Um And so, you know, when you're talking about the metaverse, the metaverse is is hopefully it's utilizing the um, advances in Web 3.0. And when I speak about the metaverse, it's definitely decentralized. But um, it it is taking what you know now as your browser experience and that that kind of scrolling uh, experience that you have where it's very 2D, you're you're on a single page you scroll up and down, you scroll left and right, that's your experience. And then you have a whole bunch of tabs open. Okay. And it's moving that to a 3D experience. So you are in 3D, you're have in you interconnected with not only people, but additional technologies. And you m- navigate through the use of a portal. And that portal can take any shape that the developer wants it to. You can hop through a doorway, you can jump through a little ball or a circle or a cylinder, or uh, you can be transported using a car. Um, uh, one of the spaces that we have, um, it's called the multiverse. They actually just uh, introduced metro stations. And so in the metro station, all it is is literally a series of portals, but it it serves as this gateway to other uh, places. And you just go and you pick where you wanna go and jump in. So that's that's the metaverse.
1: My next question—I've got a reason I'm asking you this. Um, mm-hmm. My next question—I have a reason why I'm going to ask you this question—is the metaverse um, like everything that, that we're talking about with computers and machinery? Is that—is that that whole um, that whole genre—is that's all what the metaverse is? It's not—you couldn't be outside of uh, like in nature without a machine and, and be in the metaverse, or could you?
2: there'll be some sort of something there to to give you the technical experience behind it because otherwise you're just in nature right but yeah. i can be in my living room and i can augment my living room to look like i'm in a forest or look like wow. i'm in uh oh so you're talking, reverse, really. you're talking about the reverse you're making that nature in your living room rather than the other way around okay I see right. that. So, so there's there's a couple different ways to experience it uh, and and there will be um people who gravitate to their their favorite kind ultimately when we get to kind of the height of what i call the capital m metaverse where everything's interconnected yep. you will have um all forms of of uh, experience so the way of the the ways that you can experience it now are um, um, VR, which is virtual reality. That's what uh-huh. you're probably familiar with, which is where you put on the headset. That's my chosen form of, of being inside of an experience. And oh, it's I because it. it's totally immersive. Uh, oh. it, it literally takes you and transports you to that space. Uh, there's augmented reality. And that is where, you know, like I said, like you can be in your living room and um, and kind of change things up by pulling a technical element into your space. Uh, And then, you know, there's there's VR or there's XR and MR and XR and MR are basically um, the mesh between the two. So it's the mix of the two. You have a combination of things happening. So you got some AR, some VR. Uh, You probably will need a headset. But right now, if you wanna experience AR, you can actually do that with your phone. So there's a couple applications that will let you uh, utilize your phones. Actually, most phones can do this. Smartphones can do this. Oh, okay. um, if you're using Snapchat, you may be using uh, augmented reality filters uh, mm. to change the way that your face looks or that an experience looks behind you.
1: So I want to come back to this, but if you don't mind, can you take us to the like origins of of Nicole's journey? So where did you grow up? What, you know, what were your, how did you interact first of all like with all of this? You know, you, did you go through school? And did you do it there? you know like give us some background about how you how the journey began
2: okay so um when i was when i was little you know i was always a gamer Uh, i think you know my first gaming console was atari and um after that i had the nintendo i had game boy sega genesis uh, i had you know all those my parents brought them all for me Um, and where were you in, uh, in in the u.s in colorado is Colorado. where I began, Yeah. And is and there a so, town
1: or something? You know, like what's the biggest town in Colorado,
2: sort of thing? Uh, the biggest city in Colorado is Denver. I did not live there. Uh, so oh, you didn't live that's there. What I'm okay. doing Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I did not live there when I was younger. I I eventually moved there later uh, as an adult, but uh, not when uh, I was younger. And um, where is?
1: Where is Colorado in terms of like is it east west north
2: south what's the it is west uh, midwest kind of uh, oh, midwest you know, okay. depending on who you are you're going to either call it west or midwest uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's pretty much midwest <laughs> um, what was it
1: like growing up there in terms of like because that's not when we hear in the in UK we hear like New York and you know Los Angeles mm-hmm. what was it like growing up in the Midwest so to speak
2: well i am uh an african-american female and so i was um among few i would say except it didn't feel oh, that okay. Way. okay it never felt that way growing up there not really um you know we we have a very um kind of inclusive well at least when i was there we had a very inclusive um world or at least i did up until high school. Uh, You know, I I was saying when I was younger, I I was definitely into um, gaming. And when I was 10, I built my first computer. Uh, I was always... uh, Sorry,
1: sorry. No, no, hold on. Stop, stop, stop. stop. (laughs) You built your own computer? Yeah. How? What? I mean, that's it now. Explain so that my a my bit.
2: dad used to work for a company called Digital, and he brought home a computer. It was a compact Presario, I believe, um, and the gateway came later. But we had it just sat there and um, it sat there and sat there and sat there. And so, you know, I'm 10 and it's in this space that I hang out in. And so I eventually just opened it up and started putting it together. Um, and, you know, I wasn't supposed to, and I was afraid I was going to get caught, but I did it and, you wow. know, I presented it to him and then, you know, nothing happened because back <laughs> then you had to actually program computers. <laughs> then I started reading the book and uh, I learned MS-DOS. I learned uh, Microsoft Windows 3.1 and programmed it with the disks and, and... Wow, wow. You're and, uh,
1: awesome.
2: You are awesome.
1: <laughs> I've never spoken uh, <laughs> to a 10-year-old. Sorry, it's just like uh, I've seen it on TV, but I've never seen reality. Yeah, you know,
2: I didn't, I didn't think I was anything special back then. Um, You know, I guess it is probably now, especially considering now, like when you get a computer, you got, you have color coded, um, you have color coded slots where everything's supposed to go and you got this little quick start guide and no, we had thick books back then. I had to read that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, uh, that was fun. And so, you know. um <laughs> Nicole <laughs>
0: um were you a bit of a reader when you were younger then
2: very much so but I was also um a gamer so like um I was into a lot of stuff when I was younger um, what was your favorite
0: what was your favorite book
2: oh my gosh <laughs> So it's weird. Um, I actually liked uh, like romance novels. Um, so I actually, it was a teenage romance novel, novel called My Darling, My Hamburger, and I actually read <laughs> that when I was little, and I liked that book, so uh, I probably shouldn't have read it, but I did. Um, so yeah, that, that was one of my favorites. Uh, I definitely am into, um, like, Greek mythology and, and stuff like that, so I would always read wow. various things. Um yeah that's an interesting question <laughs> like it really not... is yeah what um, did your
1: school friends think of you because you you you, you sound like an adult
2: at really um we were cool i <laughs> like you know it's in school especially like when you get into junior high high school um like i just kind of floated i think between lots of different groups i wasn't ah. ever it was always you know we we had like the black groups like we were we were the black kids but we also didn't discriminate like we had like at least when I was in junior high and in the first half of high school um we didn't discriminate like we had like a crew and that crew was was mixed people like we were all in in uh Colorado so it was there was white people there was Mexican people it was black people like we were all together and like that was that was the click and you know I didn't really feel um, a distinction until I was taken out of that environment, and so you know, a change uh, for me happened when I was in 11th grade, and um, and and I'm you know I was given the choice. We moved at, across town, and we moved to kind of the elite side of town. Um, And I was given the choice to switch schools. And so at first I said no, um, but then it it kind of um, uh, necessary for for my family because, you know, I was putting strain on my parents and I'm like, no, I'm going to move schools. So I switched schools and I, you know, didn't really think about it. I guess I didn't think about it. I don't think my parents kind of considered the impact it would have on me switching in the 11th grade either. Um, but I did. And so when I switched schools, I went from a school that was very diverse to a school that um, was, was high on intellect, but low on diversity. And wow. so it was 1,600 white kids, and we had about 50 that were Black.
1: Wow. wow.
2: And that was staggering to me. And then, you know, yeah. people who actually owned that Blackness were even less. And so me coming from the space where, you know, I grew up black church, whole entire black family um, and just proud of of who I was and going into this space, it was like, no, this can't happen. And I said, y'all need some flavor. And, you know, I, you know, I say that term now, but even back then, that's, that's what I was saying. Like we need flavor. And so when I was in uh, my 11th, my junior year, I, I created the African-American Heritage Awareness Club and i got oh okay (laughs) that was my first glimpse into what happens when you disrupt some stuff um (laughs) uh, because they didn't like it and so i was getting you know messages from teachers i was getting called into the principal's office why do you have this group why does it you know we're not going to approve you to have this group here you can't do this you're new you need to kind of um just just hang out and i'm just like no there are black kids here who need to be proud of who they are and we are all proud. And they were like, well, change the name to something else. And I said, you don't say that to the French club or the German club yeah, yeah, or yeah, you know, totally. any of those. I said, heck, even if I wanted to have, you know, the, the Swahili awareness club here, that should be okay. You know? And and they didn't they did not agree with that they gave me an advisor and said this person has to be a part of everything that you do and she has to be black and there was only <laughs> one black teacher and we didn't really like her so it was like uh, it no. was a whole thing um but that was you know i look back at it and that was that was not necessarily my first experience but my first experience in planning something for um for the culture uh in that way You know, I had always been a part of, of like, um, drill teams and, and, you know, captain of the pep squad and stuff like that prior to that, but that was for us and they made me change the name eventually. And I even forget what it's called because that wasn't the name that I wanted. It was the African-American heritage awareness club. Um, and so that is a part of the history there. Um, and so, yeah, it, it was, it was interesting um it,
0: the thing is like i i see it um as the way that the system <coughs> tends to suppress and to conform um the people that are participating in it um mm-hmm. and that like yeah I'm, I'm loving this so far thank you <laughs> so much thank you <laughs> yeah. i'm realizing how much of a fire starter you are <laughs>
2: You know, I don't think of myself like that. I knew you were say that. <laughs> I don't. Which is good, um, great. But you know, there's certain stuff like when I get dedicated to doing it, it needs to be done. And, and I try to like really focus on that. Um, so I th- think that, you know, after that, I went to um, a black college, uh, HBCU in uh, Louisiana called Southern University. I only went for a semester after I graduated because um, I was extremely in love at the time, and um, you know was was with
0: someone or something.
2: someone, yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, he eventually <laughs> became my husband, but we, you know, there's a fairy tale story there too. Like we were friends since we were six, and um, he used to work for my dad in uh, the barbershop shop, and you know we grew up together had been together since my what sophomore year, uh, in high school. And, you know, I had gone to school and went without him and he was supposed to come down there and he never did. And, uh, I decided I would, I was lonely, but I needed to, to take a different path. So I went and became a wife and, uh, and, um, and yeah, so that happened, <laughs> Uh, okay, that okay. unhappened some years later, but um, yeah, you know, lots of different stuff. You know, life is life is interesting. Um, <laughs> Did you
0: have any children together?
2: No, uh, uh-uh. uh, nope, nope.
0: Was, was that on cards, or?
2: Or
0: was it not? Really There's something
2: a story there for another day. Yeah, another day, uh, another story.
0: Cool, oh, oh, cool, oh, oh, no worry.
1: No, Did, can I ask you? You know, like you said, your experience in Colorado was like going to sort of black churches and, and and being quite like educated around that. What was your experience when you met people from other cities? Like, particularly, I'm thinking particularly of the bigger cities around the U.S. Did they have the same sort of um, experiences as
2: you growing up and and how they got their their ideas? Um, no, I don't. I don't think so. I think that. Um, race was more present with other people. Like we would meet. Um, like I know there was this one girl, uh, I won't say her name. Um, but I'm she sure. was from Seattle, which is on the West coast. And she came into that, that same high school that I was trans, that I transferred to. And she, um, had a really rough time because, you know, she became my right hand person in the, really, the club, really- but she was definitely, um, more impacted by the fact that you know all these you know it was it was a very very white space and she was not used to that because she was from Portland and she you know according to her you know there was a very large population of black folks in Portland and black folks would never stand for this stuff there and we're you know she was she was way more um, extra than I was yeah uh, but she you know she she became a good friend and you know things eventually happen with folks but um she didn't she didn't do well in that space like you know and to its credit that school was um an IB school uh, international baccalaureate school uh so I did you know when I was there I was doing college courses I was I was in uh, kind of elevated I've always been in kind of elevated um Courses or uh, advanced courses and things, but um, she didn't do well. <laughs> she did yeah, not do uh, well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, and so I think that the club for her was kind of an outlet to get rid of some anger as well. Um, but, you know, I've met people from all over and it was always my dream to have been born and raised on the East Coast of the U.S. Um, oh, because... <laughs> I always figured there was a very heavy uh, black population here and that, that things just would have been different in my life. If I had been surrounded by black folks every single day of the year, Sure, but now I'm here. Right. So now I actually do live on the East coast of the U S and okay. Okay. And it's, it's not what I expected. It is Uh not this empowering thing to be around black folks all the time. It's like, um, they don't like it's not a thing it's not something you cherish out here as much there are definitely pockets of places where where people you know do feel that way and do hold their heads high but um it's not it's not this like badge of honor that it should be in my opinion um it's uh it's just normal and i think that when you normalize stuff you take away it's it's well, at least in this case, you take away its, some of its essence. I don't think the essence of Black people can ever be stolen entirely, but damn, they try. Um, so <laughs> it's like, uh, it just kind of, it feels way different than what I expected. I had this kind of... Um, glossy view of what what was uh when i got here and then it kind of hasn't happened but then at the same same regard like it it is happening and it is around me and it's cool to be normal and not be um odd because of the color of your skin or or be noted because of the color of your skin uh in a certain place because you're you're one of many
0: here right right yeah, it's 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 multi-layered, isn't it? Mm, it is <laughs> very um, much so. What so... I find
1: interesting, I'm just thinking because you grew up. I think you and Jermaine are close to being the same age. I think you guys grew up with the metaverse kind of around you and with you a lot of the time. Because um, I'm thinking, like back in the '60s and the Civil Rights Movement, I'm wondering whether. I'm wondering whether it would be different the civil rights if they'd had the same access to the metaverse that you guys have growing up.
2: Wow, that's something to think about, right? Um, I would say like, you know, we didn't have access necessarily to the metaverse, but we did have access to technology. Um, At least I'm speaking for myself. (laughs) Uh, I think the metaverse is a word. It's a phrase now that's being used to describe that kind of experience. but it didn't, it wasn't something that we were using until this last year, really. Uh, a lot of people have been in the metaverse. We have experts who've, you know, kind of been flushing the space out for some years now. But, um, you know, as far as, as being mainstreamed, it, that really did happen over this last year. Um, the term has been used um, since Snow Crash came out. Um, But the experience, you know, has been around before. Like, like, like I said, the gaming experience, we've been here. We just didn't call it that. Right. Like it was called the game. Um, And so I think that if you look at like, I don't know, because I would say like without us having gone through the sixties and, and kind of the seventies in the ways that we did, And the 80s and the 90s, we would not be where we are now. We need every bit of history that we've been through in order to kind of solidify this place now. And I I even say that, you know, dating further back than than the 60s. So, um, you know, this movement we're creating with making sure that that people understand the decentralized metaverse and, and the opportunities that it has, we wouldn't be having this conversation if it were not for those struggles that came before us. If it were not for all of the egregious things that have happened, we wouldn't be so bullish about making sure that people understand ownership and understand um, kind of why it's important to solidify ownership. Ownership is so big to me uh, because I feel like like everybody I've ever met has lost something, and it's through theft or um, or um, systems that that don't make sense. Uh, for the individual and so there are these things that are designed for the masses to operate in but when you look at the masses we are not those people and we're not cared for in that that planning and so i think that all of that as tragic as it is as tragic as it was i won't say needed to happen but because that happened we're here and we're yep, able to yep, get to talk yep. to this today. Mm.
0: But I suppose, I guess, kind of looking at it from that perspective is, it, yeah, like you say, be, because those events happen, we're, we're here. Um, but if those events hadn't have happened, we'd be in a completely different place <laughs> um, in terms of access and, you know, all of that. So, you know, I think part of part of today's episode is acknowledging the history Of the world, Um, but of specifically the contributions of of Black folk, Black people, the indigenous. Um, Yeah, so honour to all of that. Um, So we've got around 20 minutes left, and I can just sense how deep I want to go. And (laughs) (laughs) there's there's so much that I'm like, okay, I want to ask this, I want to ask that. Um, Kind of, bringing it back into um, bringing like this augmented reality, virtual reality um, experience. I've actually had um, augmented reality experience at the company that I used to work for. We were an events company. um, And what we had was this thing where you put a phone inside of a, a headset and then you could actually walk around in the space looking at it as we've designed it in the, the graphics, the computer graphics. Um, amazing, amazing technology. Um, so that's like a, a benefit for companies who work in fields where being able to remap something and, and replicate something in you know your office instead of having to go out on site thousands of miles away, potentially. um would be really beneficial. Um, an example of how um, we've kind of crisscrossed with this uh, augmented reality, virtual reality experience is I think the Wii, the Nintendo Wii. Would that be maybe like the closest kind of brush that we've had with it, um, with this technology, in your opinion?
2: I had the Wii. Um, (laughs) It was fun. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I think that, yeah, yeah. you could say that. Like, I think that that's definitely a game. Um, yeah. Or a series of games, it's a console experience, right? So you have these these games that you play, and you have controllers that you're moving around, and you see your character move in kind. So yes, that is similar to to where we're heading. Um, the difference, I think, is that when when all is said and done, um, you will have just kind of this open experience um or at least in my vision you have this open experience uh so it's similar to open world games where you can freely roam uh you can yes sort of yeah like you have um a portal that you can hop in and it'll take me to france instead of me flying out there and spending several hours uh, I can just jump in the portal and then, you know, I might not even have load times and Lord, I pray that that day comes. Just <laughs> walk to wow, wow, wow. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, like, like some of the best of star Trek, that so we have holograms in place, we'll have teleporters and, um, holodecks and, and all sorts of stuff. Like, like that's kind of what I hope for, um, and and you like we had a really good conversation last night about you know our avatars and kind of different uses for those avatars because in gaming you also have the idea of bots and i guess in technology in general you have the idea of bots and bots are becoming prevalent uh in cryptocurrency now uh because those bots go out and perform tasks and uh gaming is becoming huge in the decentralized space and you know when i speak i I talk about decentralized metaverses so all of that is is under the same umbrella but uh these bots are deployed to do tasks or to do repetitive things or uh to to complete a function and and they go out and they do that thing whatever they're programmed to do and so when you think about it, your avatar can also be a bot. Um, it can be programmed uh, because it represents you. So, we were talking yesterday, just kind of hypothetically, like what if you could program your bot to go to a stand up meeting for you uh, and program it the night before with everything that you <laughs> wanted to say? And then that way you don't have to actually go, you can oh, go to your other so
1: that would be amazing
2: <laughs> <laughs> you can go to your other job right <laughs> like you can yeah. send your bot to that one and so then kind of like what does that do for us as humans and and where does that take us where does that line of thinking take us so eventually you would be able to program your bot uh let's say you have the premium version of the bot you could program the bot to do whatever you wanted and so it could go on a date for you or it could go and do you know the thing take out the trash like i don't know um it could take do things that that you don't so want to do
0: or you like a robot type stuff
2: yeah yeah exactly no. um, so you could you could program it to do stuff for you but then where does that leave the human so that leaves the human free so the, the human is then free to do whatever they want and then where does that leave you so you're either seeking pleasure or risk eventually right like so you you mm-hmm you go through these steps and eventually you exhaust all the stuff that you wanted to do. You find new stuff that you want to do, then you exhaust that. And eventually you get to the point where you're seeking pleasure or pain or risk. Right. And so I don't know if that's where we want people because that's a crazy society where everybody is just seeking like the extremities, like everything that's so extreme. Um, you get crazy people doing crazy things at that point And then you get you know, risk takers taking risks, and and we end up with the purge. I don't know. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's kind of um, this this you can do a lot, and um, I think that it's very interesting when you think about possibilities. But um, we have an opportunity to have these conversations so that we frame our metaverse and metaverses uh, in a way where they are mitigating those risks as much as possible, um, making it a good experience for all.
1: Right. Can I ask you a question? Uh, I'm I'm intrigued by this question. I'm uh, I'm living it on a daily level at the moment, this question Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you, and it's not really for me because I'm like 140 now anyway, so it doesn't really matter to me, but what do you think society as a whole in terms of I'm saying it's interaction with technology Um, society as a whole will look like but particularly the metaverse as well if you did have children and they were your age now what would it look like in that period so if I had kids and And I mean, without and- the age you are now, what do you think the world will
2: look like, their world will look like?
1: Their, their method- oh, okay. So,
2: so last night we watched iRobot, so I sort of think that their will okay. look like that. Um, so we'll have these cars that are not only moving vertically along these planes and paved roads that we have, but um, it'll be a combination of iRobot, um, Minority Report, and Star Trek. <laughs>
1: so-, so not, not Matrix
2: um not so much uh i think that matrix is matrix has its place uh, i don't really want it to look like matrix just given what matrix is um yeah, yeah yeah you know i i think that sort of in some instances it will kind of look like that like maybe um um i i i do i feel like it'll be more like Hopefully, it'll be more like Minority Report and um, Star Trek, and uh, what did I say first? Um, Minority Report, iRobot, and iRobot. Yeah, because yeah, we watched yeah, that last yeah. night. <laughs> yeah. uh, so you know, we'll have these these cars that move um, vertically um, and are kind of hovercraft instead of uh, vehicles that are that are traveling on 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 roads. Um, and we will have assistants and maybe they'll feel like Rosie from the Jetsons, uh, maybe they'll feel like the iRobot from iRobot. Uh, <laughs> um, so, you know. yeah, but the reason I'm
1: asking you, I suppose the reason I'm asking you is, it, first of all, I'm wondering whether there'll be a time when when the computers, the robots, et cetera, will be able to think for themselves, act for themselves independently of humans. But the question I wanted to lead to that to was, if you had been in charge of the direction of the metaverse from the beginning what differences would it have now to how it looks right now if you know what i mean
2: okay so i'll take that from kind of the commonly understood metaverse and unfortunately that one is uh the zuckerberg horizons right so Uh he presented it to the world the world accepted that as a thought um I think what's important about that thought is that it is a metaverse they are a metaverse company not the metaverse ah, okay. and so i for me first of all there would have been different people at the table making decisions so it would have been a way more diverse room uh oh, instead of it. the technology what you see on screen or in-person visuals it would not look so much like pleasantville Um, Right now, everything is squeaky clean and and your characters are all these like cute and unflawed little things that uh, your avatars are cute and unflawed and they look like they're all a little whitewashed. Uh, They're all extremely pale. Uh, You can't get a good tone or uh, you can't add green or or, uh, red undertones to really produce the flavor of your actual essence and color in these spaces, Mm. Uh, your hair is not what it should be. Um, They do have good hair, but their hair is not what it should (laughs) be most importantly about avatars the clothes are absolutely horrific so um i would have better clothes in the metaverse and so when i when you asked that question my instant response was we're still designing it oh uh, i see okay, okay. Being designed, right like so it's very early on and so that one may be something that that facebook is producing However, uh, individuals are able to design their own metaverses and get out here and collaborate with other people and make and design some really gorgeous things. We have an artist and her name is Artsy and she she designs these 3D uh, graphical worlds and these worlds, man, they have so much flavor and essence, even just her art gallery, like so much um. Flavor, when I call flavor in there, like it's like I feel like me when I'm in her spaces. Like, even though you know her color palette's a little different than mine, um, when when I'm in there, I feel at home. And it's it's weird how just having warm tones makes you feel that way instead of having these these pale and and um, uh, what they call low poly uh, experiences um which is what the metaverse is, is is actually created from and I don't get why we keep doing that like gaming has has evolved from this um this is you know yeah. when I look at when I look at VR experiences right now uh they're nowhere near the ones that we have for gaming and I think that that's a shame because the templates already there um yeah. Yeah. Somebody needs to pick up that paintbrush and just apply some rendering or something to make this happen because it's, uh, it's already, these are iterations we've already been through. And um, I think that when you talk about what my metaverse looks like, most importantly, uh, there's community and that community is empowered by ownership. And that ownership is coming from the fact that they're using the decentralized blockchain. And that blockchain technology is giving them transparency in their transactions. Uh, They don't have to trust who they're they're, uh, actively engaging with. Like they are, are, uh, they're trusting the technology and the technology is supporting their efforts. But it's also solidifying ownership and movement through the space. So, you know, when I said the, the clothes are terrible in Horizons, they are. Uh, but in our spaces, um, in you know spaces like Decentraland and Crypto Voxels, like people are creating things called wearables, and so fashion is actually a thing in those spaces because you can grab somebody's uh, you know jacket that makes you look like uh, like your character, like your avatar is Michael Jackson. Uh, uh-huh. You can grab that 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 thing, and and you know if I want to wear a green jacket in there, I can. Um, whereas when I'm in Horizons, like my character actually wears black and anybody who knows me knows that that's probably not not what you're going to catch me in. Um, but it's, it's interesting because I want my avatar, I want my experience to feel like me. When I have my home hub, I want to be able to decorate it and make it look like I live there or like yeah. there's some sort of essence and flavor of me moving in that space, and even it, though... It- and
0: i have to say that like your space looks absolutely amazing um <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> like having having been on one of your your tours um viewed was it your art, art gallery that we looked at was it a week um,
2: i have a couple but uh likely not i don't i don't share those too much it's in my bio if you catch me on clubhouse but i don't um i don't actively go in there as much i did teach people how to make art galleries and i did display it that night so maybe um, but a lot of times it's 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 other people's um instances that we go into uh, because i like to celebrate them as artists more i am not an artist uh, at least i don't claim that um (laughs) in my skill set uh, I can do some stuff, um, but I guess, the you know, what's interesting about this space is that anybody actually can be an artist. So what I've begun doing is, um, is speaking my intelligence into art. And so I can't draw, or at least I don't credit myself with being able to draw or uh, kind of do 3D uh, renderings and things like that, but I can come up with a phrase and um choose some different elements and have the artwork created by the technology around me and so that is something that's called GAN art. and um i do that and it's it's a creation of my mind and so i like that uh that fits me and i think that that's what's kind of cool about the space is that you can do that and um and and that's that's how it works so uh, i can still participate and i can create my own nfts and um and i do so it's fun to me
0: okay you said you said was it gan art Uh
2: uh-huh
0: what what is is that g-a-n art or what is is that like a software piece of software or, or what is that
2: it's a type of technology where uh it literally does what i said so it takes um written words so you could say You know, uh, the Curious Anarchy podcast today uh, was fire. And put that in there and see what renders. Um, And uh, you can select certain elements. So I could say, like, maybe I want it to be vibrant or I want it to be matte or I want it to be um, kind of futuristic or include the metaverse. Like, I can do that. And then the computer takes a few minutes. Uh, sometimes 30 (laughs) to render a picture and it renders that picture and then sends it to you and in most cases you own that art so uh, you can um, redistribute it as you see fit and I think that that is that's been therapeutic and empowering for me Uh, I actually did that at the end of 2021 uh, I solid, ended my year uh, by creating Ganart and minting it all on the blockchain. I left the whole year there, and then I started my year uh, by calling some things into existence and uh, minting it on the blockchain as well. So,
1: wow! Um,
2: yeah, that that was my my moment of <clears throat> my twenty twenty two. I'm telling you, man, we got things to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Um. Okay, so we're coming down to the last few minutes now. I just wanted to get a little bit of an idea of your vision of the future.
2: My vision of the future. (laughs) (laughs) My vision of the future um, is where we have things happening around us and we can go anywhere we want to go, but mostly... My vision is for Black people to find their way to this space and find how empowering and free it can be when you put together the technology of uh, the decentralized blockchain uh, with the technology of the metaverse and Web 3.0 and um, really and mostly have a meta mind shift where you're not sitting inside of four walls and you're not thinking about four walls and you're not you don't have this metaverse where you're trying to recreate what you this box that you've been put into but you really do expand your mind and get up and get out and get innovative and and have something designed that you always wanted to you reach new heights and and you do first because we're in the metaverse and we are pioneering this space still um it is still early and people are kind of catching on to it as a buzzword, but they still don't get it. Uh, So we have an opportunity to create things and they do not have to be a recreation of the world that we have right now. So the systems uh, that you would change the things that have negatively impacted you throughout life, change them using the blockchain and um, and recreate a new design for our future for you know y'all's kids in the future and um, and just design a place where you know they don't have to know the impact of redlining like they don't have to understand uh what you know what it was like to live in the 60s because they're living in 2060 and in 2060 it is this space where it is um, diverse and and everybody understands their knowledge and they own their own data, and they have you know these these data analysts that provide them with the best uh, uh, affiliations for themselves and the transactions of their data. So I don't know. I think that those are all things that are extremely important um, as people look forward to this space. But think outside the box. Like, like you always hear that phrase, and and we rarely actually get to do it. But now you can. Now anything is up for grabs, and we can we can use use the power of the blockchain to do it. So, that's what I would say: is, um, is mm. be innovative, have a meta mind shift.
0: <laughs> Thank you, um, Mark. Any final words from side? Yeah, just
1: one one quick question to finish, I suppose. Um you haven't really spoken about um your sort of um your project. Mm-hmm. So for someone who's who's coming on now and, and who's hearing about what you're saying, what does your project offer to people? Like what what you know if someone was coming along and they saw on the internet your project, what, what what's it offering? Why would they enter into your project? What what's there for them?
2: Yeah, well, um, um <laughs> so our community is called Blackverse and Blackverse is dedicated to the education, training and advancement of black people and, uh, in the decentralized metaverse and multiverse. Um, so first of all, you're going to get an education on what that actually means. So what does it mean to be in the decentralized blockchain? What are the principles of the blockchain? Uh, right now for black history month, every day of this, this month, we are Um, holding space to talk about a new principle of the blockchain or a new definition from within this space so that people understand when they're in these rooms. Uh, The other thing that we do is um, I, you know, as a consultant, I do Discord training. And the reason I do that is so that people are not locked out of these nft drops and uh they can actually participate because participation is is part of the game right like you have to be there in order to to be able to advance yourself um and then you know our group is also very dedicated to uh training and actively doing things and promoting each other so uh we we pick it's black history month in the U S so we're picking people from within us because we're all walking black history, literally in this space, everything we do is walking black history. Uh, and I think, you know, that's true around the world, but it's especially true in this space. So we are holding space and making sure that, that we're highlighting those individuals who are doing great things, uh, introducing them to new technologies created by black folks in this space. And, um, and uplifting. And finally, you know, we have gotten a couple of people scholarships. Uh, we announced some scholarships at the end of last year and uh, we're trying to create a network and a, a way for people to truly advance uh, as they're going through the space, uh, whether that's with project teams or uh, our Black VR Gamers League. We have a lot going on um, and there's a lot to do next <laughs> uh, <laughs> We're actually a part of the International Women of Blockchain Conference. So that's happening all month long and Blackverse is right in the middle of that. So uh, together with uh, Black Women Blockchain Council, we're holding space for that event. Um, And that's going to be exciting as well. So uh, in the future from us, you can look for a couple of summits, Uh, the Blackverse summit. There will be one in spring and one in fall. Uh, And will they be
0: in the metaverse?
2: Ah, uh, we will definitely be somewhere in the metaverse, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Likely in outer space, if I have my way. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that is happening. <laughs> brilliant,
0: brilliant. Awesome. Um, I just wanted to say, Nicole, that it's been such, <sighs> I'm so enamored, I'm so like, just like, yes, like we actually had Nicole. Um, come on to the yeah, podcast you wow. did say that your podcast is adverse and I know that the way that Mark and I um, I was going to say handle guests but you know the way that we the space ah. um, <laughs> for guests to, to come on and, and just share and open up about you know whatever it is that we want to talk about um, I'm just really pleased so thank you I'm so grateful um, and I'm really 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 proud of everything that you're doing yeah, definitely. A um, uh-huh. I'm, I'm an advocate. I'm a, an ambassador. I'm just, yeah, I advocate seriously, like everything that you do. So thank you, thank you, thank you for your service. Um, any final words?
2: Uh, yes thank you for just being there for us and and always uh, being that advocate like you've been amazing and uh, I appreciate the opportunity to come on even though I am podcast averse
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, can you just leave everybody with some details for where they can get hold of you
2: um, yeah, so you can find us at uh, Blackverse.io, uh, mostly in Discord, mostly on Clubhouse. You can also find us on Twitter at uh, Black in the Verse. Uh, you can also find us um, on Instagram, rarely, uh, but you can find me on Instagram at uh, techni- technical, and that's T-E-C-H-N-I-K-O-L-E, um, and then I'm also on Twitter as I am technical. Uh, and <laughs> those are those are the main ways to reach us. Um, you can also reach out um, via email at uh, info at blackverse.io or info at technical.com.
0: Thank you.
1: Jermaine, just two observations
2: very quickly to close on. Um, I
1: I, um, I I don't know if I'm very au fait sort of thing with the metaverse, but if I was gonna visit it, I'd like to visit it. You know, via Nicole's uh, way of doing it, and secondly, um, for anyone, including myself, who hasn't been there, you've made Colorado seem like a really nice place to go and visit. So, thank you. It feels <laughs> like five minutes. Uh, it's probably been longer, but it feels like five minutes.
2: Yeah, Colorado's beautiful. So, you know, even if even if you, the people there may may not be sometimes. Uh, the, the, <laughs> like the anywhere, schools, the mountains—like you can't go wrong. Colorado is absolutely beautiful, cool. and um, you know whether that's spring or summer or fall, uh, you will get uh, a nice, nice little array of seasons there for sure. Um, yeah, and and most times the people are nice too. So
0: <laughs> nice people. <laughs> well, I have to say that you are certainly a nice person, Nicole. We appreciate you. <laughs> so and you're good.
1: definitely in our oh. top two guests of this year so far. Oh, right
2: on. Yay. <laughs> awesome. um, thank you guys. You. Awesome.
0: <laughs> Nicole, thank you so much for your time. Um honestly I, I really do appreciate you even being open to having a conversation on the podcast with all of the stuff that's going on. Um we're gonna be working on a project. Um, together as well I'm going to be highlighting uh, some of the artists and the, the people within Blackburst. Um, yeah. so there's going to be a, a dedicated series to that um, so yeah we're going to open that up so that's coming from the Curious Anarchy Stroke Blackverse, um mm-hmm. podcast series um, so yeah look forward to that hit us up on the Twitter at underscore Curious Anarchy uh, sorry, I just had a mind blank. <laughs> I was thinking, wait, what's my social media again? It's the same on Twitter and Instagram. That's right. At underscore curious anarchy. Um, it's been a pleasure this is brunch with Naomi Asak, Naomi Osaka, um with Nicole Maxwell from Black
2: thank,
0: thank you, thank you. <laughs> good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.
2: Thank you, guys.